Ah, oh, come on, give him praise. What a wonderful spirit here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Boy, I sure don't want to interrupt this spirit. I tell you, Brother Jim's going to come here in just a few minutes and give us the word of the Lord. And the last time that he, you can be seated, the last time that he came, he just ministered in such grace and such compassion and anointing. And I just need to make a real fast announcement because it's come upon us and we have failed to be able to have church on Sunday night. And, and uh, we're going to have a chili supper the 26th, which is the last Friday night of this month, for a fundraiser for our debt relief program. We want you to come out. It's $15 for an adult. Children 12 and under eat completely free. It's all that you can eat and your drink and the different kinds of things that we're going to have there. We want you to come out for a good time of fellowship. The tickets will be available in the foyer at the ministry's desk right after the service. You can buy them or you can check some out and go out and sell them for us. We want to really try to pay this debt off, and it's going to be a big chili supper. Me and Larry Dow is going to make the chili. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Praise the Lord. I want you to welcome Jim Leverett as he comes and gives you the word of the Lord tonight. Can you give him a great big hand of appreciation? I'll get situated here in a minute. You notice I brought my coffee with me. I've, uh, so maybe that'll work as a little bit of an elixir. It's good for about everything else. So uh, I tell you, wasn't that worship great? That, I tell you, man, that was whew. I don't know if we need any preaching after that. But I want to talk to you about how good the Lord is. Um, and I was thinking about this. I, I, I wrote down a question. I said, the first thing I want to ask you, who's going to love you better than Jesus? Who's going to love you better than Jesus? I like what uh, uh, the sister was saying about Jesus is going to chase you down. He's going to love you even if you don't want him to love you. You know, I've talked to people about the Bible. And uh, one man says, I don't think I care much for the Bible. I said, you mean you don't believe it? No. No, I don't believe it. And I said, well, I said, uh, then just leave it alone. He says, I can't. I said, well, why? He said, because they don't leave me alone. <laughs> That's the way the word of God is. It'll touch your heart, won't it? I really appreciate the, the uh, missionary we had here from China one time. And if I understood it right, he, was, he had been an officer in the communism, Communist Party. And he found a Bible in the basement of, a, of an old library and he, he bootlegged that thing and took it home. And if I understand it right, y'all can correct me if, I'm, if I say it wrong, but just by reading that Bible... For a few weeks, he got saved. God called him into the, to the missionary field, of the, the, the ministry. And I'll tell you, you could feel the Spirit of God all over that man. I wish we could see him again, but I tell you, I don't know. He's, he's, um, he's quite a man. Well, I've got something to talk to you tonight about. 
And it's all about the love of Jesus, but I'm going at it from a little bit of different angle. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, and uh, it just it caused me a little bit of a, a shiver. And it said, well, you just need to follow your heart. And that's a going thing in, in, in the world today. Follow your heart. Well, and we get in trouble if we follow our heart. Because according to the Bible, Jeremiah, now you can, you can follow me if you want to. I'm going to skip around a little bit. But Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm telling you, people, we're living in a society today that's deceived. I've got, I've got family that uh, is just deceived. And they think they're okay. They think they're right. But in my mind, they're about as wrong as they can get. If you don't line up with the Bible, if you don't line up with the words of Jesus Christ, you know, just believing in the Bible even is not enough. There's more to it. There's more to it. And if you just follow your heart, the heart's wicked. It'll lead you astray. We've got people living lives today in this world, and, and uh, they're following their heart. But the heart is leading them down a pathway of wickedness and despair and destruction. Let me tell you something. We have really only one enemy, and that's the devil. And he has only one tool, and that's sin. But he used that tool of deceitfulness to drag us down into sin. He makes it look so good. He makes it look like it's okay. Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. And give, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but there is consequences. There is consequences to the way we live our life and the things that we believe in and the things that we, we, we do in our life. There's consequences. Even if, you're, even if you're a child of God and you're doing your best to follow the word of God, there are consequences for your actions. The devil doesn't try to take you down this dark hallway all at once. He tries to get at you just a little bit at a time. And um, I've heard people actually defend, defend people that are walking the wrong road. Well, they say, well, they're doing the best they can. Well, I, I can appreciate that. But doing the best you can is not good enough if it's not if it doesn't compare what the Bible says. Matthew 23. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. We say scribes and Pharisees. He was talking to the religious leaders at that time. Matthew 23 and verse 28 says, Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. That's how Jesus saw them. Now, if you ask somebody, uh, somebody down in the marketplace, when they've seen the scribes or Pharisees go by and you ask them, what do you think about that person? Oh, boy, they're good. They're really, they're really righteous. They're good people. 
but God looks on the heart. Verse 33 says, and I tell you, Jesus doesn't pull no punches. He says, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Why did they end up in, how did they end up in that shape? Now, they were deceived, but it didn't make any difference. Jesus still told them what he thought of them, what he knew. How'd they end up that way? Well, somewhere along the line, they, they decided to follow their heart. Follow what they thought in their own mind, in their own heart, what was good and what was righteous. And we also live in a world today that things are all turned upside down. It's backwards. Isaiah 5 and 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Boy, we're living in that world today, aren't we? We're even making laws. We're even, our country's even making laws that um, they celebrate the evil that the devil has deceived our world into believing. But in God's eyes, it's still darkness. And in the last part of that verse, it says that put darkness for light and light for darkness and to put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, I read here a while back and it, 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 uh, it caused me some consternation. It caused me some sadness because how many people will it affect? I read the Pope, read about the Pope making a decree. And apparently the Pope is the law of the Catholic Church, if I understand it right. He said, well, now we're going to bless same-sex marriage, homosexual couples. We're going to bless them, marry them, treat them like normal. Now, I love them. I love them. But they're living in sin, and that's, that's what the Bible says. Well, I also read again just the other day, and I, I kind of thought this was kind of encouraging. There's a group of Catholic bishops from Africa Bishops and maybe even some cardinals throw it in there. They've rejected what the Pope said. They know that it's wrong. But yet, that's the deceitfulness of the devil. He gets somebody that a lot of people have confidence in to lead people astray. In the 1970s, people used to say, if it feels good, do it. Some of y'all may remember that. If it feels good, do it. You know, can't be nothing wrong with it. If it feels good, well, that's a lie of the devil. There's a lot of things that feels good that's mighty bad for you. Mighty bad for you. It's a lie of the devil, and just because everyone else is doing it doesn't make it right in the eyes of God. Now, I know that probably every one of you can think of, of some example of things that people do 
that is sin, but yet they call it good. They call it okay. They say it's okay. Sometimes they say it's okay just because everybody seems to be like everybody's doing it. Well, everybody's not doing it. God has a remnant. God has a remnant. And that remnant is being, being prepared for what we're living in today, the last days. There's not a day goes by that I don't wonder, is this going to be the day? And when I think of that, I pray, Lord Jesus, if there's anything in me you're not happy with, let me know. I want to be ready day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. I don't want anything to stand between me and the Lord. And uh, I want to please him in all the things that I do. Now, I know, I know, you, I, I hear people, even in this church, everywhere, they say, well, nobody's perfect. And I suppose that's true. As long as we're in the flesh, uh, even Apostle Paul said the flesh wars against the spirit. We're in a battle. We're in a war. But the Spirit of God leads us, leads us in the righteous path. And if we're following the Word of God, following the Lord, He's going to keep us in that path. And here's, here's how I know that. Have you, ever, have you ever went to say something and the Spirit just check you just like that? No, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And I'll tell you something happened to me the other morning. Make of it what you want. <clears throat> I heard my dead wife call my name. Same tone of voice. Jim. And I woke up and immediately the Holy Spirit said, don't answer that. Because the dead can't talk to the living. That's Bible. If you, if, you, if you don't believe it and you can show me it in the Bible, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. But that's how subtle that the devil tries to fool people. Now, I'm not going to beat you up tonight. If, if any of you here tonight, is, you, can, you can examine yourself and find that maybe you've got something in your life that's a sin or maybe something that's not pleasing to God or, or something, just remember there's, there's consequences. There's consequences for everything we do that's not pleasing to God. But on the contrary, just the fact that you're here tonight is evidence that God loves you and you're here by appointment. I believe that. I believe that. I've seen too many people respond to the call of God and I know that was the last thing they thought of when they, was, they come into church. But they were here by appointment. We've seen it time after time. People come up here to be saved and, or maybe for healing or some other problem that they're experiencing. Maybe it's an emotional situation they're going through. Well, God doesn't cast you out just because that you're having some problems. What does he do? He loves on you. He loves on you. When we get into the problem is when we get into an area where we start saying, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to do that. And we start turning our back on the Holy Spirit, start turning our back on the word of God. 
that's when we get into trouble. And I ask you, don't do that. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, just listen to him. Remember what what, uh, Samuel said? God spoke to him and he went to Eli and Eli said, well, this time, just say, here I am, Lord. When the Lord speaks to you, say, here I am. I'm listening. I'm listening. Now remember, (laughs) I used to tell my boys all the time, I said, boys, you need to remember something. Your ears do not work when your mouth is open. When God goes to speak to you, be quiet and just listen because he's got something to tell you. Jeremiah 17. Verse 7. Go back to Jeremiah 17. Blessed is a man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. Isn't that a wonderful, a wonderful statement, a wonderful story? Like a plea, like a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots, and her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. Well, we sure worry about a lot of things, don't we? But you know, if we're like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, we're not going to worry about the dry weather. One thing is because God's taking care of us. And that tree will not cease to yield fruit in its season. Now I want to go back and read what I started out with. The heart is is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. It's so important that we ask God to examine us and to listen to the word of, of the Lord. I want to be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of waters. And I want to know that my leaf is going to be green. And I want to know that when when the Lord comes for me, you know, he may come for me tonight. We don't know when the rapture is going to take place. The rapture may take place before we get to eat our chili supper. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. But you know, he may come for me tonight. Somebody may stand up here and say, try to find a, a word or two that's, that's good to say over my body sometime. But I guarantee, I testify to you tonight. When, when that time comes, I'm going to be rejoicing in heaven. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go because I, yes, I examine myself. I know in whom I serve. I know his word is true. I know there's nothing in it that that will lead me astray. I know that Jesus loves me more than I could ever possibly understand that he loves me. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Verse 5 in chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. 
Now your heart and that means all of your understanding. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You can't trust your own heart. You can't even trust your own understanding sometimes. But you know what the Bible says about that? If you lack wisdom, ask of God who giveth to all people liberally. You know, there's a couple things that I, that I prayed to God about whenever that God first called me to preach. And boy, the first time I had to step in the pulpit, man, I'm telling you, my knees were knocking and I was as nervous as I could be. They were saying I'm nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. I ain't sure what that is, but I was pretty like that, I'll bet you. But anyway, I asked God for two things. One of the things I asked for, I wanted discernment. I'd, see, I'd seen things going on in churches that I didn't think was right. And I said, God, I want to know. I don't want to struggle with unbelief or, or doubt. I want you to show me. And the other thing I asked him, Lord, help me to understand your word. Help me to read it and understand it. And I still pray that prayer. Help me to understand what you're saying to me, Lord. Verse 6 there in Proverbs 3 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I thought this song, these songs tonight was just superb. What a wonderful name, name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. There's no other name under heaven given by which we can be saved except Jesus only. You'll never go wrong by calling upon Jesus. I can tell you that. I've talked to a lot of people that were in an unsaved condition. And, you know, I used to try to convince them. And, you know, it's pretty hard to do that sometimes. But you know what I always tell them? No matter what else I say, well, when you're ready, call upon Jesus. Call upon Jesus because he's here. He's ready for you. He's waiting for you. Psalms 18 and verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. If anybody knew, knew how to get a hold of God, I kind of believe the psalmist David did. Job. Now Job was said of, of God himself talking to Satan. He said, have you considered my servant Job righteous and upright man? Perfect in his ways? He escheweth evil. In other words, he disdains evil. And that's the way Job lived. But I got, I got tickled the other night as I was reading that. Job was responding to his friends who had come to co console him. And Job told them, you're miserable comforters. You're miserable comforters. Because it was common belief back then that if, if you had something happen to you like Job had, well, you had, to, you had to have sinned a great sin. That was common belief. But Job knew that 
he hadn't sinned, a great sin against God because he loved God and he worshiped God. He even went so far as sacrifice sacrifices for his children just in case that they may have sinned and didn't know it. That's the kind of man that Job was. But after God got to talk to Job, God came on the scene and Job had expounded all that he, all the righteousness that he, that he was, was living. And he was. But God had something to say too. God, and after God got a chance to talk to Job, here's what Job had to say. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I don't care how good we are. Compared to God, when you stand before God, we're going to be humble. We're going to fall on our face before God. Now the advantage that we've got, we've got somebody to mediate for us. Jesus Christ the righteous. I don't care who you are, what, what sin you've committed. Jesus loves you and he is here to take care of you and save you. Now, here's a couple of verses that you all are very familiar with. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Boy, if there's any land that needs a healing today, it's our land. And this is good for all of us. Now God says, talking to Solomon, he said, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. I'm going to ask you all in a minute to come to the front and pray. I think we've got plenty to pray about. I have. And I'm glad God gives me the privilege to pray every day. If you're not praying every day, uh, you need to start. Because there's, there's blessings in it that nobody can tell you about. There's blessings in it that you're going to uh, learn from God and from your prayer and how God answers your prayer and how God loves you. There's blessings in it that I can't explain to you. But there's two things that I want you to keep in mind when you pray. Now, there's lots of things you're going to pray about, and I'm okay with that. One is, be sure and pray for yourself. You know, <laughs> there was quite some time that, and I don't guess I was praying the way I should have been praying, but I seldom ever prayed for myself. I don't know if I didn't think myself was significant enough to pray for or if I just had so much other stuff to pray about, I spent all my time doing that. But God had to, had to shake me a little bit. He said, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you want. I, don't want. I want to hear what concerns you, what you care about. I want to know what I can do for you. 
One thing that one thing that I've always prayed about, God help me to be closer to you. We can all pray that. And ask God to search you. Search you. The second thing, it's okay to pray for others. Yes, it is. I can't tell you how many prayers that I have marked on my prayer list, prayer answered. It humbles me every time I read that, every time I see that. I know I'm not the only one praying for those people, but I'm rejoicing just the same because God does care what we have, what we have on our heart. He cares what we, what we pray about. I'm going to ask you tonight. We have a holy place. It's right up front. Just come on up.